Welcome to the Big 3 IDP Podcast. Here are your hosts, Josh, Bobby, and Adam. What's up, you diehards, you degenerates, you lovers of defensive football? This is Josh Raymer, and we are back with another episode of the Big 3 IDP Podcast. And it is like the week before Christmas, boys. The NFL Draft starts on Thursday. It may be the only NFL event on the calendar that we have until the regular season hopefully starts on time. So we're going all out this week and bringing you guys some jam-packed draft-themed episodes. And tonight, we teased it. We have a very special guest here in StreamYard with us. It's the one and only Joey the Tooth. Joey, welcome to the Big 3 IDP podcast. What's going on, fellas? It is good to have you on the pod, my friend. We teased this. We've been wanting to have you on for a while. NFL draft time is kind of your bread and butter, so it seemed like the right fit. And uh, thank you for making time in your schedule to come talk to us tonight. That's my pleasure. Just had to take a little time to put the youngster to sleep, but as far as I know, she's asleep. Yeah, hopefully stays asleep. I know I'm there with you. I've got an almost 10, 10 week old. So you're just like, please stay asleep. Don't cry when mm-hmm. the pod's going on. Yep. Yeah, yep. two new dads. That's very cool. How are you yep. boys holding up? Tired, but good. I was going to say, Joey, are you guys still in like the feeding every three hours throughout the night phase? Yep. I was going to say every three hours. Yep. That's how it goes, man. She's gotten last night. She reached five once and she's reached four a couple of times, but it's pretty much three hours on the dot, sometimes two. It gets better, my friend. I know my son started doing uh, probably a few weeks ago. He'll be 10 weeks on Friday and uh, he can sleep through uh, from about like midnight to about 7 a.m. So it gets better. I promise uh, that 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 time is coming. So, Bobby, do you remember these days, uh, you know, when you're waking up every three hours to feed your children? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, the problem is it gets worse before it gets better again. <laughs> All of a sudden, one night, your son's going to decide, I'm going to go back to that two-hour schedule and get on that for a week or two oh. to throw you a curveball. Adam knows. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough, man. They uh, they do what they want for the most part. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> you know, they're the boss. They're not very considerate. I will say that. Children tend to be very selfish. So And they yell a lot. They do. They mm-hmm. do. Uh, it has been cool, though. This week, Paxton has really started to vocalize a lot. So he's making, like, all sorts of sounds. Joey, nice. look forward to that, man. That's really cool. When they go from just straight up crying to yeah. actually, like, making sounds. I'm getting weird, like, little, like, yeah, 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 like, laugh sounds and <laughs> uh-huh. facial expressions. You're like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's really it's a cool experience, man, uh, because you see them start to learn and start to make different sounds repeatedly like it's mm-hmm. it's cool. But uh, also cool, guys, we have the NFL draft this week, which is going to be a lot of fun. Um, it could be a huge disaster. We'll get into that in just a moment uh, based on some news that came out about the recent mock draft with all the GMs. But, Joey, before we get into that and uh, we're going to be looking tonight at five uh IDP rookies that you need to know from linebackers, defensive line, and DB. So 15 total players, five from each group. Uh, Should be a lot of fun. And Joey, before we get into all the fun, juicy draft stuff, uh, for listeners who may not be familiar with you or your work, give us a little bit of background. Uh, How long you've been doing fantasy? When did you start working in the industry? Where can we find your work? All that good stuff. See, I started playing fantasy football 
Uh, I don't even remember the year, but it was when D'Angelo Williams went off for the Carolina Panthers. That was pretty much the year I started. He was one of my first picks. Um, I started doing IDP about seven years ago. Won the first league I was in. It was fantastic. <laughs> there you Been go. Hooked ever since. Been yeah. hooked ever since. That'll do it. Um, I don't know if you guys know him, uh, Mr. Mayhem IDP. He, I think he's in a couple of leagues with us. Possibly he's uh, he was the one that got me into it. It's his league that I've won, so I've won that three times now. Nice, nice. But uh, yeah, I've been stuck with IDP ever since. And then um, my friend Snacks, he's on Twitter too, Snacks IDP. But he always said, he said, well, why don't you try writing at all? He's like, I'm always asking you for insight, and I was like, never thought of it. He's like, go on Twitter and just start randomly, whatever you tell me, just put on Twitter. And I did a couple times, and then Nate from IDP guys reached out to me asked for a sample article and I sent him a sample article and he's like, I'd love to have you on. And we started talking and he's like, well, I live in uh, Connecticut. And I was like, I live in Connecticut too. We literally live 40 minutes from each other. Wow. Wow. So that was two years ago. And uh, now about 150 articles later. And I also <laughs> write with his other site he made for pure dynasty. It's a dynasty football digest. And uh, me and, Sean, who's Atlanty1925, and Andrew, who's BiddyCentFF, we have uh, the Dynasty Football Digest pod. Nice. So... Nice. Yeah, I know uh, you are quite prolific there at uh, IDP guys, uh, getting involved with them in this partnership and getting to work more with you guys. Uh, we're in the Unreal Tournament League together, along with Nate and Sean and some of the guys from the uh, XFFL. I think Johnny's in that league, too, as well. Uh, yeah. So it's a, it's a good group. I was t- I was joking with uh, Adam on the last podcast. You know, he always jokes about all these sharks in the <laughs> Unreal League and and I said, well, you got Joey the Tooth, so is he might be the sharkiest of the sharks. I mean, Tooth is right there in the name. So where did that come oh. from? Is that uh, like a nickname you uh, had growing up or what? It's a, it's a weird name. All right, so going back again to my friend Snack. So I've literally known him my entire life. Him and my brother are 19 days apart, and they're both a year older than me, and we were neighbors. So I've known him my entire life, and when we were younger, he – told me I had small dolphin teeth. <laughs> no idea what that meant. He's like, your teeth are so small, they're like dolphin teeth. So he started calling me the tooth, and I said, well, I'm going to call you Snacks. So from then on in, it was Snacks and the Tooth. Whoa, that's awesome, man. That's it's, a cool story. I have no idea where he even set, came up with the idea of dolphin teeth, but I was like, you know what? We... This, Me so, and Josh know know about that. Yes. Yeah, so Dolphin Teeth is a is from Chappelle's show. I think it was um, Eddie Murphy's brother Charlie Murphy told somebody they had dolphin teeth, and uh, there was a kid that we went sense, there, there was a kid we went to school with that we called Dolphin Teeth as well. So is uh, <laughs> there's probably yeah. more Dolphin Teeth out there than you realize because of Chappelle's uh, show. So we must unite. That's right. <laughs> Start like a Facebook group. <laughs> Snacks, Snacks is a good dude. I've gotten to talk to him a little bit on uh, on Twitter. Man, he's a supportive friend. I see him pumping oh, your stuff a lot. He's such a good dude. Good yeah, dude, he, yeah. As soon as I had my kid, like he's calling me randomly because we're all in like quarantine now due to COVID. Yeah, so he's calling me, making sure we're all good. If we need anything, giving me parental advice because he's got a three year old and like just a good dude, man. Yeah, and he knows his IDP as well. He's sharp. He's been playing in the league just as long as I have. He's won it twice, too. Actually, he just won it this year. 
asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't have to give him too much credit for that. So, well, Joey, we're really pumped to have you on. Like we said, um, this is your bread and butter, the NFL draft. We're going to hit some IDP prospects that uh, players need to know about. Uh, we're going to dive deep into these guys, talk about some potential comps, some ideal landing spots, basically get everyone prepped. I would say most fantasy players probably know the offensive guys. You know, your Jerry Judy's, your CeeDee Lambs, your Jonathan Taylor's. Mm -hmm. So let's dig into the other side of the ball, show the defense some love. Uh, But before we get into the draft prep, there was some news that went down today uh, that uh, is kind of throwing people back to 2018 and the Patriot heydays uh, with Tom Brady and Robert Robert, Rob Gronkowski. Maybe he'll (laughs) go by Robert now. Who knows? Hello, and, Robert. Uh, yes, newly retired, <laughs> unretired Robert Gronkowski uh, getting traded from the Patriots uh, along with, um, let's see, I believe it was a seventh round pick for a fourth round pick going to Tampa Bay to reunite with Tom Brady. So can't wait to see uh Gronkowski working out with Hulk Hogan in a Gold's gym, uh, just like with a bunch of bronzer on, just trying to put on about 30 pounds of muscle. So, Joey, we'll start with you, man. What did you think about this trade? Do you see Gronk actually being a contributor in Tampa this year? Yeah, I definitely could see him contributing. When he's still, well, he's 29 years old. It's not like he's old. He's And he stayed in shape. I mean, he slimmed down a little bit, but he's still Gronk. He's still 6'6". He still has great hands. He can run routes. And it's he's obviously Tom Brady's favorite target. What do they have? Seventy-eight total touchdowns together. It's like fifth of any receiver combo. So obviously Tom Brady loves him. He does have extra weapons with Godwin and Mike Evans. So I I, I bet Gronk could go in right around the tight end eight ten range this year. Very nice. I can see that definitely for sure. Bobby, do you think this means we talked about this guy on the last podcast? Do you see this being the end of the road for OJ Howard in Tampa Bay? Um, probably because didn't they just extend Bright? Uh, they extended you know, so, him, I think, a couple years ago. It was a recent extension. It was like a five-year deal, though. So, yeah, he's under contract. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brady loves those white guys, you know, so bring in Gronk, <laughs> bring in Bright, you know. It just seems like the type of scenario for him. But I don't know. I mean, it was kind of weird on Twitter. I got some type of update that showed, like, the Bucks starting lineup, and it had Godwin, it had Evans, it had Gronk, and then it had O.J. Howard. And I'm like, seriously, y'all are just, like, rubbing it in his face now. Like, that dude's not going to be there come come, uh, come draft – or not necessarily draft time, but the season rolls around. The I don't know. Thing- I think – Go ahead. Sorry, I thought no, you were done. Go, go for it. I was going to say, the only thing that uh, if you look at the contracts for Bray and Howard, Howard's mm. still on his rookie deal. If they dump him, it only saves them $1.19 million. If they cut Bray, I don't think it's guaranteed, and they save themselves $4.5 million in the cap, and they have a pretty yeah. shitty cap situation. They yeah. do, but they don't like O.J. Howard. For whatever yeah, no. reason, he just landed what? in Arian's doghouse. That's the key. The key is not they. The key is that Bruce Arians doesn't care for yeah. Howard, yeah. Um, which kind of sucks because it seems like he's decently talented. So I guess the next question for me would be, what are the odds that Tampa Bay, what are they at? They're at like uh, middle of the first round. 14, there's I no, think. There's no chance they reach for Swift. Maybe they trade back. I mean, do they even like – bother with an offensive lineman or do they just say look brady's got two years we're going to get him the youngest pass catching running back that we can find 
I think they could wait till the second round for that. They could. I mean, I don't. I honestly don't think there's going to be a running back draft in the first round. Wow. So yeah. They can wait till the middle of the second round. Even if they don't get Swift, they could grab somebody like Edwards Hilaire, who's prolific in pass catching. So. Yeah, because they. I could see that, them doing something like that. Arians has said they want a pass catching running back. So I could see Edwards Hilaire there in the second round. I think I said it a couple pods ago. My lock of the draft, wherever uh, the Bucks end up drafting, if they trade up or trade back or whatever, they are taking an offensive lineman with their first pick. Like, lock they it in. To. That line is terrible. Brady cannot move like he used to. And they've got to get some protectors up front to keep this guy upright or the whole ship goes down. Mm-hmm. What do uh, what do we think Brady has as far as like passing yards go this next year? I could say right around. I want to say like four thousand. That's that was kind of my number as well. Uh, yeah, I think that would be I, like. I the still ceiling. think it's going to be a pass heavy offense. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer though for fantasy if that's the if that's the case. Four thousand passing. I mean, maybe the touch. Maybe he has forty passing touchdowns. I was going to say I could see touchdowns going up too. Like once you get in that red zone with Gronk there too. Gronk, Mike yeah. Evans. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be nasty. Um, I don't know. I'm seeing more like you know. 4,500. Wow. At least. So you're bullish on Brady and the Buccaneers. I don't see how you're going to be able to stop him, man. I mean, it's uh pass rush. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. They, they need to take care of Brady. The man can't move. The only thing he's good at is stepping up in the pocket. And if he can't step up, he's done. But they've got so many good weapons. Like even, you know, even outside of Evans and Godwin, you still have Scotty Miller, who I like. You still have Justin Watson. Mm-hmm. Like, and now, you know, if they don't move OJ Howard, like imagine if they go into, you know, um, two tight end sets and stuff. I mean, right. they just have so many options. Um, and it's Brady. It's Brady. I mean, I know he's 43, but uh, it's going to be fun to watch. I, I, I can't wait to see it. I wish they could have kept Perryman. That would have been fun. Yeah. He would have been a good uh, wide receiver four. Yeah, exactly. He would have been a good, like, seventh target on this team at this point. Um, For real. He would have been Brady Dorset. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, what year exactly. Was, what year was Moss with uh, Brady? 2011? Oh, man. No, I don't know. That, that was, was fire, 07. Though. That was 07. I, that, yeah. Moss with Brady? Four, yeah, yeah. yeah. 4,800 yeah. passing yards. He had 50 touchdowns and eight interceptions that year. Sheesh. But that was also 12 years ago. So, right. Yeah, it's, it's been a little while. I don't know. I yeah. think I think 4,000 yards would be probably right around where I'd set the over under. Um, and I would say that their record, if I set the over under at 10 wins, you guys taking the under or the over? I honestly think it depends what they do in the draft with their line. I'm I really going over. They, they need to protect Brady bad. If they take an offensive lineman with their first pick. Let's go. Oh, I'm going to take the under because I think they'll be at 10 wins. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I I would see, like, because these things just cap. these things just really go the way we think. The, uh, you know, the offseason optimism just really pans out. I mean, we were singing these same songs about the Browns last year, and I know Baker Mayfield and Tom Brady are two different players, but <laughs> still, like, we love the hype stuff off in the, up in the offseason, and it just really works out where these dreams are realized. This is absurd, though. We've never seen quite anything like this, you yeah. know. It's absurd. It really is. 
And you think about the years that, you know, Arians had a competent um, Carson Palmer. You know, Palmer was in the back half of his career, and yep. he was not half of what, you know, Brady really is. Um, yeah. I, I know Brady's older, but I'm with Adam. I think. Dude, I mentioned it last week. I mean, even though his deep balls are the same, how many times do we see Mike Evans like three steps, you know, Seriously. behind somebody? Like, like all the time. Yeah. And you it's don't not, have to have that good of a deep ball. So let's let's wrap up with this. Um, where would you all be comfortable taking Brady? Let's just say like a redraft league right now. Uh, what round are you looking to grab um, both Brady now that he has Gronk and also uh, Gronk himself? Where would you be looking to take these two guys? Are we talking one QB or two QB? Let's go one QB. I'm probably waiting until like, the 13th, 14th, 15th round. I usually wait somewhat late for QB. I agree. That's where I saw Brady. Gronk, would you be willing to to, to reach or are you just going to wait and see? Those are the, when In redraft, those are the two positions that I sit on are as tight end and, and quarterback. And you're going to have that dude go way early for Brady this year too. Yeah, yeah. and Gronk. Probably yeah. the same yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah true true yeah I, I don't think i'll have a lot of gronk shares or brady shares really this will just i mean this will uh, bump up both their adps now so addy do you think i'll ask one more question because i'm curious i know you are the mike evans truther and we all love godwin here but does this bump them down at all in your mind with gronk coming over I mean, I don't really know what to make of it. There's a lot of mouths. You know, it's going to be week to week. It, maybe it could be frustrating. Um, but, you know, he'll still have those big splash games. I, I mean, I just I don't know what to expect from this offense. I mean, um, hearing y'all say 4,000 yards, I mean, some people are clearly have the uh, their expectations tempered. Um, I could just see it. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm putting too much faith in the 43-year-old. I could just see – that offense being like bonkers, dude, and just like maybe five thousand yards. All right, maybe six, maybe six thousand. I was gonna yards. say Markham's <laughs> gonna be up to seven thousand yards and seventy touchdowns by the time this pod's over. So let's move on before he goes insane. Uh, another piece of news here that I just wanted to touch on because it's draft week. I'm sure you all saw the headlines just like I did of how disastrous the mock draft was with all 32 GMs. I saw tweets such as uh, the sound was terrible for the first couple minutes because nobody was on mute. So if you've ever been on a group Zoom call and not everyone is muted, you know how it just sounds basically like uh, throwing a cinder block into a, a dryer. It is not a, a fun audio experience. And then also there was a technical glitch with the Bengals number one overall pick that resulted in a two minute delay. So um, there's, you know, there's long been. And Joey, I don't know if you're a, a pop culture nerd at all, but there has long been a Twitter hashtag of release the Snyder cut of the Justice League movie. And people are already calling for release the mock draft video of all of these GMs trying to figure out how this is going to work. So do you all um, what are you all setting the over under at as percentage chance that something goes horribly wrong on the first night of the draft? I'm going to set it at about 50 percent that we're going to see something terrible happen the first few hours of the draft on Thursday. I'm going to say 20%. I think, oh, okay. I think some shit's going to happen. Yeah. 
but I don't think it's going to be like terrible. I don't think it's going to be game changing. It's going to be like, son of a bitch, hold on, yeah. let's fix this now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Somebody, they need to have this thing on like a good, like 10 second delay. Oh yeah. Uh, Cause there probably will be some people getting frustrated, dropping some F bombs. I just mm-hmm. have, we're going to see somebody's kids. We're going to see a dog. Somebody's camera is going to get knocked in the floor. Um, somebody's not going to know they're on camera. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I think something is going to happen. There will be a meme come out of this draft night that will live on for the next decade. Dude, I so I, I read oh, something. It was, uh, I think it was the, the lions GM. So he has his IT guy sitting in his driveway in a Winnebago. It's like, yeah, dude, saw right? that. if it's your IT guy and you're in your house and you're having issues, why don't you have your IT guy in your house with you? Or are you that pretentious that you don't want to make him stay outside in your driveway in a freaking Winnebago? Hey, some of these IT guys are, are creeps. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. I mean, this is I true. get it if you're worried about, you know, COVID and all that. But still, like, at least let them, like, be in the living room while you're in the basement or something. Don't make them sit in the driveway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put masks on. Put them in a bubble. Whatever you got to do. Don't make the guy be like, you know, Walter White sitting out in a Winnebago in the driveway. My God. I can't right. also see all these older GMs, like... Typing yes. like this. Yes. Hunting <laughs> yeah. and Gettleman. pecking on the keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Gettleman with his like, you know, ten inch phone book binder. I'm sure y'all saw that picture. Oh god. Uh, a lot of good memes. Markham, what were you gonna say? Oh, I saw um I think it was Ryan Pace, his setup. Uh, apparently he has like an Ethernet cord going from his upstairs router all the way down <laughs> to the computer. That's smart. <laughs> in his downstairs. That's smart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just because it's you know, just no uh, Wi Fi be safe. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. I would be doing exactly the same. But I'm sure it's like coming out of a ceiling, like just dangling across the room or something. It's not like hidden away, you know. Yeah. So something might go wrong. I could see, you know, a wire getting tripped or someone losing Wi Fi connection or for sure. I just hope nothing's hacked. I hope I hope there's not any type yeah. of you know scam or none of that annoying stuff we'd have to deal with. Yeah, that would be bad. We need everyone needs this right now. We need the draft. Like this may be it for football live events until the season starts. So just give us this. Like I'm gonna watch every Please. single pick. I've got nothing going on the next few days. Like I'm just gonna be knee deep in this draft coverage uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. So looking forward to it, Bobo. You got a new setup there? Are you not? Are you still in the laundry room? Yeah, we're still in the laundry room. Okay, just, just a different uh, angle. Different angle. Yeah, that's nice. I like the little <laughs> wreath on the wall. That looks good. Yeah, I so, wish I had some cookies. I'm all holler here in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Joey. Well, let's get into the main course here, man. We've got uh, a nice list of rookie IDP guys that we want to focus on. And uh, let's start with the defensive lineman. Arguably the most, uh, the biggest name in terms of defensive prospects uh, is uh, going to kick off our analysis here with the Predator himself, Chase Young. So we're going to let you drive the boat, my friend. We're going to jump in with questions and comments here, but this is a Joey the Tooth special. So talk to us about Chase Young as you've watched the film and studied this guide. What have you seen from Mr. Young? He's dominant. He does everything well. Like you saw the year prior at Ohio State, you saw Nick Bosa, and you saw what he did in the NFL. Think of a better version of Nick Bosa. Wow. He's he's more athletic. 
that that's the big thing right there. Like Nick Bosa is as technical as any defensive end in the league, but Chase Young has that technicality and he's also athletic. He's very strong. The only thing that I could find in his game that is really a possible thing he could work on, he's too upright out of his stance. So he gets hands into his chest. He can get pushed off his block right there. But other than that, he does everything well. He's got multiple pass rush moves. He can set the edge. I mean, he does everything you want out of a defensive end. Addy, I know you. we had talked about this uh, earlier this offseason, but um, – do you see – we aren't as deep in the draft as Joey is, but do you see – and Joey, I want to get your thoughts as well. Do you see Chase Young being an immediate top 12 defensive end in the league? Yes. Yes, yeah. I think so. And, uh, yeah, we can have a little discussion about that. Um, where is he in dynasty startups right now? I mean, is he already a top five? So, yeah, so we've been doing uh, startups with uh, rookies included, and he's literally – the one we just did recently, he was the first defensive lineman taken. Wow, <laughs> that that's insane. But generally, he's going in top five, six. Yep. It's like yeah, it's him, it, Daniil Hunter. Um, the Bosa brothers? Are the Bosa brothers? Bosa brothers. Yeah, the Bosa brothers, and there's somebody Josh else. Allen. Josh Allen. Josh maybe, Allen. Maybe Miles Garrett. I don't know. Yes. Yep. Yeah. So and then I've been like working. Chase Young's right there with all those guys who are already proven. Yeah, he's already there, but he should be because yeah. he's he's immediately going to be there when the season starts. You know yep. what I mean? Like once we see it, was it's just going to confirm what we all thought? Yeah, and wherever he goes, he's going to start. Nobody's going to draft him and say, "Yeah, you're just going to sit on the bench for a year or two and be a situational pass rusher." No, he's going to be an every down player. Absolutely, Bobby. I know you've been doing a lot of mock drafts, especially for our league that we have, uh, the XFFL. Do you think Chase Young sneaks into the first round of uh, of rookie drafts here? He's got to. You know, we just talked about in the last episode, um, Nick Bosa went 109 or 110. You know, and I think we talked about it a couple episodes back, the PFF grades on Bosa and um, Young. I think Bosa was like a 94 and Young was like a 97. Um, and I've heard that too, Joey, that somebody said that it's going to take a year or two of Young developing to the NFL, you know, offensive linemen and stuff. But it will be pretty quick that um, they really see – uh, young being a better pass rusher than than Nick Bosa right now, um, so that's kind of interesting. But I mean, I don't know, man. This is such a hard rookie draft class to kind of predict. It's such a hard NFL draft to even predict because you've got all this stuff going on in the country, and so many people have done these mock drafts, but nobody really knows. Right. You know, right as soon as the combine happened is when things started getting shut down i remember right, no pro days yeah i saw t higgins had a pro day um and then i think maybe jalen hurts did as well i saw just a very few and then it was like all right nobody's supposed to be in contact with anybody else so yeah. i think i think what people think a lot of these mock drafts you know is going to be like the status quo i think it's all going to get shaken up i think there's a lot of these gms and stuff that you know, kind of like some of these other podcasts are talking about that people are going to get exposed and you're going to be able to tell like the good GMs and the, the bad GMs mm-hmm. through all this. But yeah, to talk about Chase Young, I mean, man, mid first, you're going to have a hard time not clicking that button, you know, because it yeah. does seem like he's going to be a lock. It is hard to always choose defense over offense, but dang, man, if he's if he's like Joey's talking about. You know, going in and starting every down as a top 
you know, 10 the end. That's pretty dope. It's about as safe as it gets as far as rookie picks. You know, like yeah. after 106, 107. I mean, that's about yeah. as safe as you can get going right. Chase Young. His senior year, he went 16 and a half sacks, and he had seven forced fumbles, which is crazy. Those forced fumbles, man. Dude, that's crazy. And he missed a few games, right? Yeah, he only played 12 games there. Yeah. So, Joey, where would you be looking? Where Where are you pushing that button on Chase Young in a rookie draft? Um, I mean, it definitely depends on my roster as it is, but I'd go like 108, 109. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. I think I'd start thinking about him just in a vacuum, uh, 106, 107, and I would have a very hard time passing him up in that 108 to 110 range. Yeah. Just you it's have still a really you, you have you have a guy that could potentially be number one to his position. You can't say that for a lot of these rookies. Right. Yeah. It's still it's too early to tell that though. I know it sounds ridiculous when we keep saying that, but like landing spots for these dudes is gonna be that's gonna be half the battle. It is. Yeah, plus, I mean, if he does go to Washington, I mean, it all depends what they do with Matt Ioannidis. Is he gonna slide inside, play more inside, and let Young and Montez Sweet be on the outside, or are they all going to rotate a little bit? I mean, that might be something that plays into his production. Like, and plus, will he, he then be double teamed because they won't double team Ioannidis or Sweet over um, Chase Young? So, yeah, Washington has an absurd so amount of pass rushers. Yeah, what, is, what yeah. are they doing? <laughs> I mean, really, Chase Young isn't a need. I mean, that, I would I, I would think about maybe trading back. And, I was going to say, know. why don't they just trade back? You could possibly trade back and still get them. Like if Miami yeah. or the Chargers wanted to come up and take Herbert or Tua at number two, you could maybe still get him at five or six, uh, just depending on what the Lions end up doing. I could see, honestly, mm-hmm. all three top picks being quarterbacks. This it just, it just happens like that sometimes. Like I could see the Redskins trading out and the Lions trading out um, and still getting the guys that they want. I mean, that's an ideal yeah. situation. Yep. The Giants need to take him. They should. Yeah. Oh, if yeah. he got to four, the Giants should be like... Yes, smash that button. I, I think, though, the um, kind of hype of the number three pick maybe moving hands this week, maybe that means that those two first picks are set. Yeah. It could I be. I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, it's got to be Burrow to Cincy. It's mm-hmm. got to be. And then if you don't choose Chase Young at two... I mean, you're one of those bad GMs. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. you got to Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I could see them doing would be taking a quarterback if maybe Ron Rivera is not sold on Dwayne Haskins. Uh, but, I mean, see, if again, I'm in Ron Rivera's shoes, though, I'm going to say, well, I have Haskins, and then I have my guy Kyle Allen. We'll just kind of fumble through this year. I'll build my team the way I do with an elite defense, and then I'll go get Trevor Lawrence next year. Exactly. Or I'll get Fields next year. Exactly. Yeah, that's a good point as well. So let's move on here to the next guy, Joey. Who is the second defensive lineman we want to talk about? Uh, I'm going to go with Caleb on Chason out of LSU. Uh, he's incredibly athletic. Uh, he's got great length and explosiveness. Uh, he's got good flexibility, great bend on the edge. Uh, his first step out of his stance is phenomenal. Uh, he has shown ability off the edge to drop in coverage, play some zone. Uh, I wouldn't put him in man, but, uh, and the only thing I don't like is he doesn't use his hands at all. Like he's, he's super athletic and he's got good inside out moves, but 
he his he's got no swipe, he's got no shed, uh, he's got no shoulder dip. Like he he's almost like straight in. And if an lineman gets his hands on him, he's got nothing. He's done. He's out of the play. And his tools are phenomenal. Uh, his pass rushing technique is iffy. Um, he what I do like about him though is he can fit any system. He can play four three DN three four outside linebacker. He showed outside linebacker with that zone coverage deal, but he can play hand in the dirt or standing up. So do you think the lack of, you know, of usage of his hands, you know, not being very adept at that, is that going to hurt him at the next level? It sounds like that would be a pretty big deal. I think it will. I think he relied a lot in college on his athleticism for his pass rush and instead of his technique. And I think once he gets to the NFL and he's facing – six foot six offensive tackles with long arms and they get their hands on him and he's just going to be pushed out of the play. Yeah. I've seen him. I've been doing some um, like contests on NFL.com where you can predict the first round of the draft and chase mm-hmm. one of those guys. That's like in the top 15 of their graded prospects. Yeah. Th- does this sound like a first round guy to you? <laughs> so the edge, finding a good edge is very important for teams and Teams seem to overhype them themselves, and they seem to jump on him a bit. And his athletic ability, and just like if you see his explosiveness and his first step off the line, you see it like it your eyes jump. But once you actually start digging into his technique, you're like, is it coachable? Is this going to be coachable? And if so, then we're okay. But if it's something that is not coachable, it's he's been taught, and then it's just something that's the guy you're just going to kind of. I'll yeah. let somebody else grab him. I agree 100%, uh, Joey. You know, you can't teach athleticism, but you send, you know, Chase on to the Aaron Donald school of knives, you know, yeah. he'll have some quick cool. hands pretty quick. Um, I guess a bunch of the mocks and stuff I've seen him going um, – the middle of the first to uh, to Dallas, which is kind of necessary, you know. Yeah. Him and Demarcus Lawrence could play together, which would be pretty fun. But yeah. um, what a do you have any concerns? I guess about his injuries. I know he had some ankle and some knee stuff. Is that lingering stuff, or you think that's kind of no, stuff that was just kind of clean up stuff? I think it's just clean up stuff. I think he'll be fine injury wise. I didn't see anything that would really make me worry at all with him. I got gotcha. you. So Joey, if for you know, folks at home who maybe haven't dug into the tape and studied these guys as much, who is a comp that you would have for Chase on to help us understand what he might look like in the NFL? Uh, the one that kind of jumped out to me was Takaris McKinley. Okay. Mr. Find Me Later? Yeah. Athletic, <laughs> but uh, doesn't really doesn't really get the job done. Yeah, I was going to say, not yeah, good. not a great comp. I mean, <laughs> no. Tack had all the potential like in the he, world. Yeah, I think. he was another guy out of college, like I said, with great potential yep. and just got to the NFL and kind of fizzled. Yeah, hasn't really done it yet. So we'll see. We'll see. I'm very interested in Jason because I've seen him very high, but listening to you describe him, I'm like, I don't know if this guy, uh, you know, necessarily is that that first round talent like everyone thinks. But like you said, very important position of need for NFL teams. So he'll probably be pushed up boards because of that. Also, like our, really, also really tough to go from Chase Young to right next. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If you're in this draft, you're like, I just, I'm gonna stay. I'll come out next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be a fifth-year senior. There you go. That's so That's what my boy in Clemson did. You know, can you imagine? We'll talk offense for a second. Imagine if uh, Travis Etienne had come out as well. That would have been I dumb. I know. But anyways. Well, yeah. Travis Etienne, Chuba Hubbard. 
Oh, whoa. You could just, that running back class was originally unbelievable. Seriously. Yeah. So let's go with the third guy here on your list, Joey. Uh, AJ Epineza. Like leading up to the combine, he was probably most people's D2 in the draft. But uh, the combine, he looked terrible athletically, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> to say state. the least. Uh, he's got great length and great power. Uh, he's, got, he's got excellent push and pull moves at the line. He can slide inside. He's got the size for it. Uh, he's got he's the guy that has great hand usage. His so if you blend him and Chase on together, you have an elite DN prospect. But um, let's see, he's got the the power bull rush. Uh, he's always pressing linemen. He keeps them working hard. If he he forces a lot of false steps, a lot of missteps, but uh, he's incredibly slow. Uh, his burst isn't great. Uh, he's not a guy that's going to drop into coverage, so he's limited to playing defensive end. I mean, he could be a 3-4 or 4-3 end, but he's not going to be an outside linebacker by any means. And he just lacks the elite athleticism. Really a guy I feel like drafting. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, the, you, there has been guys that have been productive. Like, you you had a good comp yourself for him, Bob. You had uh, Chris Long. Chris Long was was productive. Yeah. But he wasn't elite athletically by any means. Yep, exactly. I think that's a I think that's a fine comp. Uh, he has a fun name. Yeah, that helps. It'll look cool on his jersey. Yeah. AJ Espinoza. That's a fun name. <laughs> I like it. We'll go on to the next guy. Who do you got next, Joey? All right, uh Yator Gross Matos from Penn State. Uh he's got great length, good size. Uh even though he's a taller guy, he plays with a great lower pad level, and he has he uh-huh. uses it for great leverage, pushing linemen. Uh, his motor is killer, nonstop. Uh, explosive first step, uh, great hand fighting, good swipe and bend. Uh, he's an excellent run defender. Good job setting the edge. Um, he seems to have problems processing the run sometimes. Like he he seems a little lost trying to figure out what's going on, but. Um, he needs more variety in his pass rush moves, too. It's more or less it's going to be a swipe or he's going to try to bend, but he doesn't really have any counters. So if his, his initial move doesn't work, he's usually out of the play. But Sounds other than like that, I think it, it, with his run defense and his motor and his size, I think he'll be fine. He's I'm actually going to move him up, I think, above Chason and Epineza myself. Yeah, mm. sounds like uh, landing spot's going to be crucial. He needs to land somewhere that, right. with with good coaching and someone that can coach him up. Yeah, I think yeah. I had him going to uh, Seattle at 27. That'd be perfect. Yep. Is there any chance, Joey, that they would move Gross Matos inside? Um, I don't think they would, just because he sets the edge so well. I gotcha. I think he's a guy you want on the end. Mm-hmm. I'd compare him to Trey Flowers, personally. A guy, a nice he's, he's not an elite pass rusher, but he's great setting the edge, good in run defense. But he's a guy that's going to stay on the field. And that, I think that's a great comp, too, from the standpoint of, you know, Trey Flowers has kind of just – he's been decent, but last year he kind of slowly started to come around, I think, yeah. later on in the season. I think his if, pass rushing if, started to come around. Like, he's always been great at run defense, but yeah. his pass rush has been kind of pedestrian. But it's he started to look much better than pass rush last year. I agree. I, I think so, too. And I think – you know, as far as comps go, you might be 
able to grab a gross matzos just with the, you know, kind of expectation that it might take a couple years for him to actually develop. And kind of like Adam was saying, you know, you put him in a good system, you know, with some decent D-line coaching, um, you know, a guy like that could come around, you know, all right. Is there any way that you would see a gross matzos maybe going before an Epinesa? Yeah. Oh, definitely. I actually have Epinesa falling out of the first round. I have him in the early second. I gotcha. So you really don't like his speed. I do. I just think like NFL GMs are so intrigued with athleticism that they're going to overlook Epinesa's actual technique. And they're just going to say they're going to like if you watch his tape in college. I mean, yeah, he doesn't show up athletically, but he he's almost dominant. Mm -hmm. And before like Chase Young, everybody knew Chase Young, but. It was always Chase Young and then Epineza, Epineza, and mm-hmm. then all the once the draft started getting closer, all these other names started to come up, and it's like all these athletic guys all of a sudden started getting up to Epineza and leapfrogging Epineza. But yeah. last year, like throughout the year and his junior year, it was Epineza. That was it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much how much stock do you put into the conference that these guys come out of? You know, or I guess how much stock do you think that some of these GMs put, you know, on a, you know, an SEC defensive end versus a, you know, Big 12 defensive end? Uh, I think they put a lot into it. I mean, if you think about it, so let's think of the elite tackle prospects this year. So you have Jedrick Wills, Alabama, SEC. You have um, Andrew Thomas, Georgia, Mm -hmm. SEC. And then you have... What's that? When Werfs... Worst is Big Ten. He's okay. Iowa. That's right. And then uh, there's Becton, who's Louisville. Who's Louisville? Big East. A C C. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, I thought there was one more that was. There's the Big Four, right? Yeah, but I mean, two out of the top four tackles are SEC tackles. So if I'm honestly, I'm looking at SEC players as NFL ready. Like anybody who plays in the SEC has played the top competition. I mean, you have Auburn, Alabama, LSU, like those three teams right there alone, Georgia. It's like once you have like that's that's possibly your top four teams every year and top four recruiting recruiting classes as well outside of Clemson. Clemson's been kind of. Hey, you ain't got to convince us that SEC football is the best conference in America. <laughs> I don't think you need to convert, uh, convince anybody. Everybody knows SEC is top. Yeah, it's basically the minor leagues for professional football. And right. I think GMs see it that way. Uh, you asked Bobby, what does it look like? You know, does it matter to Joey? I don't know what it, how it matters to, to Joey, but it definitely matters to GMs. Uh, they want They want that kind of like, pedigree that comes with an sec school um whereas i feel like draft analysts that aren't necessarily in nfl war rooms joey can a little bit remove themselves from that but there still is the sec bias i feel like when it comes to scouting these guys right definitely so um let's talk about your fifth guy here for the defensive line uh this is a guy who comes out of boise state i believe Yep, Curtis Weaver. Uh, he's got really good footwork, and he takes good r- angles in his rush. Uh, another guy who sets the edge well. Uh, he's got heavy hands, good punch. Uh, he looks comfortable dropping in coverage. I wouldn't really ask him to do it. I mean, he understands it, but he doesn't really have the elite athleticism to keep up with tight ends or running backs. Um, he's been incredibly productive in his three seasons at Boise State. 
Uh, the cons I have for him, he lacks lateral agility. He doesn't really have great bend off the end. Um, he's a poor tackler in space, actually. So if he if you get outside with him, you can beat him one-on-one pretty easily. Um, and he's got moments of mental lapse. He seems like his motor can shut off. He doesn't really keep himself involved in every play. Like You can watch. There's times where his hands are on his hips. Play goes the other direction. But... And I would compare him to Derek Barnett, another guy who he was supposed to be a very good pass rusher, but he's kind of he's fizzled since he's gotten to the NFL. Uh, he had some injuries in the NFL too, but he's kind of fizzled. Yeah, Joey, I, I think I missed it when everyone turned into robots. Who is your comp for Gross Matos? Uh, Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers. Yeah, that's a nice comp. Well, I'm curious because you you are one of these guys who really is a true rookie draft analyst and use terms like NFL scouts to describe these players, which I don't feel like is the majority of fantasy players, the way they approach these guys. So I'm curious when you talk about these different traits that players have, if you were to point to one trait that a defensive lineman could have, that would be the biggest indicator of success at the next level. What's the most important trait for defensive linemen to have in your opinion? Uh, I want to say I want to say bend off the edge because if you can get underneath a, line, a tackle, then you have a direct path to the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tough because then, I mean, it it really all depends on the player. It really does. Like Epineza, he's got a bull rush move and he'll just go through you. So he doesn't have the bend, but he still comes up with the production. So it, it really depends on what player you're looking at. I don't know, if you're looking at athletic guys, you're going to look for their bend. You're going to look for them coming off the edge. If you're looking for the more powerful guys, you're going to look for them with a bull rush move, more more of a hand fighter. So I don't know. It, it really depends on the profile of the player as well. Yeah, that makes that's a lot ro- of sense. That's wrong. That's wrong, Joey. The answer is <laughs> horsepower. Yes. <laughs> the answer is motor. I just want a guy whose motor just never quits. That's right. <laughs> First in, last out. Yeah, he's a real gym rat. I feel like uh, high motor gets thrown around a lot for white guys. It is the equivalent of the gym rat, uh, you know, uh, trait that we assign to like the Danny Woodheads of the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, any 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 thoughts, you Bobby Addy, that you guys have here on uh, on Curtis Weaver? No, not so much. Um, I guess, and I think it's kind of something that we've you know all seen, but it's kind of good to hear it from Joey. Is just the huge drop off from Chase Young to the next dude. It could be a lot bigger than you know a lot of these mock drafts and stuff are really showing. But you know, and we won't get into it too much because D tackles are kind of lame. But in RSO in our league this year, um, it'll be interesting to throw a Derek Brown and a Javon Kinlaw in there Mm -hmm. because if you can get a you know, a top five defensive tackle dude in a defensive tackle league, that's a pretty big deal. Right, yeah. If you're, um, if you're playing a league that starts defensive tackles, you, those mm-hmm. two are definitely, definitely popular picks. Who are you uh, – who's your favorite between the two? Uh, are we talking tackle heavy or sack heavy? Uh, let's say IDP points heavy. <laughs> well, let's say we're, we're a big play league, so a sack <laughs> Yeah, big play. All right, I'm going Kinlaw then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You think Brown could stack up some more tackles, though? Yeah, I think so. So, Joey, we've talked about there's Chase Young, 
the Grand Canyon and then everyone else with these D-line prospects. So I'm curious, it, it may not even be a guy that we've covered tonight, but who is your favorite D-line prospect outside of Chase Young? For fantasy-wise or for NFL-wise? Let's go for fantasy-wise. For fantasy-wise, I'm probably going Gross Matos. Okay. And and a follow-up on that. So what round are you drafting him in? Gross Matos, I'll, I'll take him probably the end of the second, early third. Okay. Yeah. Is that actual NFL draft or rookie draft? Oh, that's draft a rookie fantasy? draft. I'm sorry. Rookie draft. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's what, that's what I meant. Yeah, I think that's what Adam was asking. Um, so let's shift now to – it's funny, Joey. When we, whenever we put out content on our website, anything that's about linebackers tends to get about 50% more traffic than anything else. So let's talk some linebackers. It seems to be IDP players' favorite position. And we're going to start with a guy here who's been getting a lot of buzz, especially after uh, his athletic testing. The dude's an absolute specimen. Maybe a little bit of a tweener. Is he a linebacker? Is he a safety? That's what we're going to discuss here with Isaiah Simmons. So Talk to us about Mr. Simmons. He is a positionless player. Dude played cornerback. He played safety. He played linebacker. They had him rushing off the edge in Clemson. Like He played everywhere they asked him to play. He can fit any scheme just because of the fact you can really put him anywhere you need him. Now He's super athletic. He's a playmaker. He can blitz. Uh, he thrives in both zone and man coverage. Uh, he's got a he's got a flexible frame. He can slip blocks. He can shed blocks. The only con against him is maybe his run support. I mean, it, it, so my thing with drafting Isaiah Simmons in IDP leagues. So everybody's a lot. A lot of people. It's, if it's not Chase Young, it's going to be Simmons. My problem is, it depends what designation he gets going into the NFL. Like if he gets a dual designation where he's linebacker and safety, sure. Like one seven, that's cool with taking Simmons. But if he's getting just linebacker, it makes me worried. It all depends on who drafts him. Cause if they draft, if somebody drafts Simmons and moves him all over the field, then he's not going to get that pure inside linebacker production. So that makes me a little weary drafting a guy who's going to be moving around from linebacker to safety and watch his tackle numbers dip. That's the only thing I have for a worry of drafting Isaiah Simmons in the first round. Yeah, Bobby, you had talked about that on previous episodes, that you were worried about the coaching staff that he goes to. Are they going to know how to use Isaiah Simmons effectively? And then the separate issue from that is, how does that translate to fantasy production, especially with the designation that he's going to get? You know, we play in an RSO league where you only get one designation. You know, sleeper, you may get that dual designation, so it's a different story. But if he gets safety versus linebacker, I don't know. Bobby, how are you feeling about this guy? You watched a lot of him as a somewhat Clemson fan. So what's your feel now as we get closer to the draft about Isaiah Simmons? I think he's a way better NFL player than he probably is an IDP player. Um, I think you sh- I think you should probably take Chase Young a lot sooner than a guy like Simmons just because of what Joey was saying, that they're going to put Young on the edge for all three downs. He's going to be out there, you know. Hopefully they're not rotating him with sweat and ionitis. But with Simmons, yeah, I watched a, a Clemson game this year. I went to see them play Willie Taggart and the 
Florida State Seminoles, um, which was a disaster. Mm-hmm. By halftime, we were out of there. But um, it was fun to just watch Simmons just, you know, rush the passer, line up on the end, you know, drop back into coverage. I mean, the dude can really do everything. I know this sounds ridiculous and I sound like a homer, but I don't know. I mean, he kind of reminds me of like a better Corey Littleton. I don't yeah. know if that makes sense at all, but size-wise, it's kind of the same. Um, Littleton is better in coverage, obviously, than than uh, than he is against the run. Um, Simmons' numbers in in uh, college, especially last year, were pretty insane. Mm-hmm. Um, Sixty-seven tackles. He had eight sacks. He had three interceptions, and then he had two forced fumbles, which is pretty awesome in that ACC. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I. I don't know. I'll take him probably way too soon, being a homer, but I'm all right with it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think he's getting past Bobby at the 201. I think Simmons is a lock to be gone, Ooh. top of the second. Joshy calling his shot now? Well, you there's know. A, you, there's I got a that 202. There's a clip you can watch. It's uh, against Ohio State where J.K. Dobbins broke one, and he ended up scoring a touchdown on it. But you can see Simmons is stride for stride and catching him to the yeah. end zone. It's like when your linebackers – in pursuit like that and gaining on him, it's like, oh, that's a linebacker. Shit. Yeah. There's a video, too, of him and Etienne uh, running a 40 together, and literally, like, mm-hmm. they finish at the same time. But when you run a, what is it, a four three nine forty? 40? Yeah. I mean, like, dude, that's stupid. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, especially at that size. Sim- Simmons carries so much name value, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's same same thing with Chase Young. Like, He's if you get him like early early second, like he's immediately going to be worth like a, a first and you know two seconds. Immediately. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I do. I what do. A- I do worry about him though with this kind of question mark as to where he plays. And I agree with Bobby. I think uh, he'll be a great NFL player, but I feel like he could drive fantasy players mad just because of where he lines up on the field. Is he going to have a chance for those points or those plays that score you points? You know, that's that's the question I have with Simmons. There's no dude that no doubt the dude is talented and an athletic freak who's going to play everywhere on the field. But I don't know if that's the best for IDP. We'll see. I don't think that positional designation, I think he's going to be a linebacker. I don't think you're going to see an RSO. You're going to look up and he's a safety. Joey, what would be like as far as fantasy production? What would be your best case scenario for him in the NFL draft? Um. Landing spot-wise, I'm going to go Carolina. I would like to see him go to Carolina, line up next to Shaq, Shaq Thompson. Yeah, that could be really nice. Also, they just got rid of Eric Reed. And to hear so, Whitehead. To hear Whitehead. <laughs> yeah, they could put him at safety, couldn't they? Yeah, I mean, talk about playing a hybrid kind of role with Eric Reed gone and the the gap there with Keekley gone at linebacker. They got uh, – that, mm-hmm. that would be a nice a – nice, uh, Nice spot there's, for him, especially there's the a lot of tackles there that left. Yes, and also you have the Panthers picking at at eight, I believe. Is that right? Seven, seven. Yeah, so that would be a. And what are their real needs? I mean, that offense is in pretty good shape. It could be that, or they could go Derek Brown. They could, they need a defensive tackle, but I mean, if it gets to seven and you have Simmons and you have Brown, if you take Brown, you're an idiot. Yeah, you just you just take Simmons if he's there at seven. Take him. That's exactly right. So go the opposite there, Joey, and give me like you know reasonably speaking, what's your worst case scenario? Worst case scenario. All right, I gotta think about this for a second. Dallas. Mm, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That I saw so a mock gross. the other day. 
But can't yeah, well, you see that, that though? Far. Can't I mean, Marka mentioned brand name. Can't you see the Cowboys, who are the brand name franchise, grabbing Isaiah Simmons because he yeah. slipped, and they don't need him? But uh, yeah, they move yeah, they do. Safety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do, Josh. No, Bobby, let's, don't don't let's that, get don't put that juju. Let's get, get on there, Adam. Give, give some LVE hate. He's got a bad neck. <laughs> it is true. Maybe he's the LVE replacement. Um, but I feel like maybe one of these other guys would be a better fit for that. I feel like if they draft a linebacker, that tells you a lot about how LVE. they feel yep. yeah, about LVE and his neck. They'll take a linebacker at some point, right? Just to, just as – maybe not first round, but definitely as LVE insurance, I have to feel like. Because he's one play away from never playing again. Right. Yeah, probably so. And Simmons makes so much sense because of, you know, his hybrid ability. Um, because, you know, Xavier Woods is not the dude. You know, Jeff Heath is like 43. Yeah, but they proved last year that they don't give a shit about the safety position. <laughs> That's true. Like, there were there so many safeties in free agency last year. And they're like, no, we're sticking with Woods and Heath. Yeah. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I know. There was a world. Like, Multiple safeties were like, hey, come trade for me, please. Got like right. Earl Thomas was like <laughs> outspoken about it. And there were other yeah. safeties. They're like, nah, we're good. Eric we Berry went unsigned. He was sitting yeah. there. It's like he's better than both of them. Just put him in. Just, Just sign put him in. Him. Jamal Adams was like, please, like, I need this for my mental health to get away from the New York Jets. Just whatever you gotta do, come get me. And the Cowboys like, nah, we're pretty set, Jamal. Thanks though. Yeah. So, Good, uh, you know, wish you the best of luck. So let's keep it moving here, Joey. The next guy you have up, Patrick Queen. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Mr. Queen. What's going on with him? Uh, he's a rangy and athletic sideline to sideline linebacker. Uh, he's good at shooting gaps. Uh, he's got great pedal when dropping back into coverage. He's got good footwork. Uh, he can play both zone and man. He's got good coverage. He can cover tight ends, no problem. Uh, good lateral mobility. He's a hard hitter. He just doesn't wrap up well. Um, he doesn't play with good strength. Like you watch, he he doesn't shed blocks well. Like if, if somebody gets to the set, if a lineman gets to the second level and gets his hands on him, Queen's out of the play. Um, let's see. Oh, he had a tough time. He didn't even win the starting linebacker job to start his senior year, which makes me worried. He only has 16 career starts, and he I forgot who it was. Was it? Divinity Divinity Jr., was he the one who won the starting job over him to start the season? And, that, I mean, yeah, Queen came out at the end of the season, and he looked great at the end of the season, but the fact that he couldn't win the job to start his senior year, it's like, and he finished his junior year starting the last five games of the season and then couldn't come in and win the starting job, it's like, I don't know, there's a lot going on there that makes you worried. And also, it's like his last name is Queen. Like, I'd prefer it to be King. Yeah, what's right? going on with that? That's the analysis you're only going to find on the Big Three IDP podcast. Uh, from uh, Addy, you know, you know what his uh, player comp is? Do yeah. Dion? Ooh, LSU boys. That seems like yeah, the ooh. obvious link. I went with a, a rookie year Fred Warner. Ooh, okay. Ooh, Another we had that show. Joey's yeah, not on the lead. buttons to push right now. Let's <laughs> end oh, no, it I'm there, guys. Guy. I'm a 49ers fan through and through, but I think uh, Fred Warner's first year is something that Patrick Queen could be. Fred Warner last year was a baller. Absolutely. He was a boss. His rookie year, you can see he had a learning curve, but he learned. Hey, uh, Fred Warner's dad used to follow our account. No shit. 
He unfollowed, but uh, oh, he did, did he really? <laughs> I didn't realize he had unfollowed us. Probably after we put out the video about Adam taking a bullet for his son. Uh, yeah, it was around that time. For real. I think he was. Like, I think he was. Ah, little... These guys might be stalkers. I'm gone. <laughs> He was like, yeah. yeah, this uh this bit's getting a little weird. It's yeah. still going. We were basically <laughs> we were basically begging for Fred to be shot at so Markham could die as his meat shield. It was a little strange. A little strange. So, uh, yeah, he's no longer a follower, but uh, at one point that's something. That is something, all right. So That's something. Joey, where can you see where would you see uh Patrick Queen going in the actual NFL draft and what would be a good landing spot for him? Kansas City. I can see Kansas City has a weak linebacker core and I don't think one of them are good in coverage. I don't think one of them are. I think Anthony Hitchens is one of the worst linebackers in coverage. I don't think Damian Wilson is any good in coverage. And who else they have Dorian O'Daniel? Like Reggie Ragland. Reggie yeah. Ragland's even worse. These are these are all bums. Do you see him going? The Chiefs had the thirty second pick. Do you see him being a second rounder or somebody they could grab at thirty two? Um, it all depends how the draft board goes in front of him. I think he's going to go in the first round. There's a there's a possibility he goes even before that. I could even see him landing in New England. To be honest with you, it's an unpopular pick, but Roberts is gone. Kyle Van Noy is gone. Jamie Collins is gone. What are they left with? Juwan Bentley and Dante Hightower? Bentley couldn't win a job last year after there was a ton of hype out of him. Dante Hightower is somewhat injury prone. He's going to be 30 this year. So maybe in the new era in New England, they draft their linebacker who can be an every down linebacker instead of running these crazy hybrid schemes, rotating in five different linebackers. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's, uh, it would definitely be I – mean, because you got Bentley, you got Hightower – those are some pretty baller names. I don't know if Queen is going to necessarily get the respect in the locker room if he lands there in New England with that last name. Uh, maybe he should change it to Patrick King. That's much stronger. I agree with Adam. Great analysis, Adam. So Thank you. let's move on to this third linebacker, a guy that I know a lot of IDP uh, players are very excited about. Uh, who is this third guy, Joey? Uh, Kenneth Murray from Oklahoma. Another sideline-to-sideline guy, I think – was it him, Queen, and Simmons all ran, what was it, like a 4-5-2 or better at the Combine? All three very, very athletic linebackers. Uh, I think Murray's a very good blitzer, though. You watch his tape. He he's, does a very good job, and he has great timing, shoots the gap. He gets to the quarterback. Uh, he's got another high, high, high motor. Um, he's good in zone coverage, and he's a, he's a very, very hard hitter. He his problem is though is his wrap up again kind of like Queen they both they missile but they don't wrap up is that them together? Wow, look at, look at those guys, man. Jeez. Simmons, what a just he's a track star, dude. That's incredible. Um, one thing I didn't like about Kenneth Murray is uh, his motor gets the best of him sometimes, and he gets caught in an over pursuit and takes poor angles. Uh, takes him out of the play. He plays a little too upright. Uh, he can get pushed off his block quite a bit. Um, let's see. I can't read my writing sometimes. <laughs> oh, and uh, I don't think he's going to be a guy that's going to be like your your Mike. I don't think he's going to be run the defense for you. He seems like he has issues diagnosing plays sometimes himself. I mean, he once he he knows what's going on, he's going to be the first guy to the ball. But there's times where he seems like he you won't see Murray in the play, and it's because he just wasn't sure what was going on pre snap. 
Yeah. So who was the comp we were talking before we got on Mike? Who was the comp that you settled on for him? I went KJ Wright because KJ Wright's kind of like that guy who does everything well and he's going to be productive for you, but he's not going to be a guy that's like, he's he's a good LB3, LB2 for your team. Yeah. That's, that's, what I, that's I think, Murray's cap. Yeah. You mentioned KJ Wright, obviously the second banana there uh, to Bobby Wagner in Seattle. Mm-hmm. So it seems like uh, Murray would be a good fit then for a team that needs that strong LB2. Uh, do you have a landing spot in mind that might be good for Murray? Honestly, where I saw him going was Baltimore, which is he'd probably end up being the LB1. Yeah, I was going to say, not a lot of uh, good linebacking talent there in Baltimore, which is unusual for the Ravens, given how strong their linebackers have historically been. Yeah, so if, if either Queen or Murray goes to Baltimore, I'm probably looking to draft one of them in probably the middle of the second round, just because there's going to be tackles. Tackles for days if he lands yeah. in Baltimore. Is there another situation where you could see him slotting in as perhaps the team's number two? What about New Orleans? New Orleans, I could see. Uh, I hated them because Demario Davis, no matter how old he gets, the guy's a freaking baller. He is, dude. Like, I, he's a guy I rode off for years in New York, and he got to New Orleans, and he just kept doing it. And I was like, who is this guy? And it's yeah. like, all right, I guess I got to pay attention to him. He was. But, I mean, guy- he is getting old. He is getting old. He, it was surprising when we did our consistency rankings. He was the guy that had the most boom games, games of 20-plus mm-hmm. points, uh, yep. more than Leonard, more than Wagner, uh, more than any of these other top linebackers that we all love. Demario Davis, like you said, not sexy, but just an absolute baller there in New Orleans. The other place I could see he could go in and be to start the LB2 and possibly become the LB1 is Green Bay. Oh, they yeah, lost. They sure. lost Blake Martinez. They signed Christian Kirksey, who is great when healthy, but that's when healthy. That's a big if. So he can go in and play in the middle with Kirksey, and then if Kirksey gets injured, then it's Murray's team. Yeah, I would love to see one of these linebackers personally uh, in Indianapolis. You know, we've got some decent linebackers there with Anthony Walker, Bobby Okereke, uh, but I don't know that we have the guy yet. And uh, for whatever reason, you know, I think it's because our defense has been bad for so long. Chris Ballard has been stocking the pantry on the defensive side. So even though we uh, have a little bit of a talent deficiency at like wide receiver, I would argue at quarterback as well. But that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, I could see the Colts coming out of this draft with quite a few defensive pieces. Yeah. So but that's just me personally. I'm a bit of a homer. Bobby, I don't need you, you know. And, uh, how about that uh, Buckner trade? <sighs> yeah, we talked uh, about it. Um, obviously, Buckner is a stud. Um, I wasn't crazy about it just because we gave up that high of a pick and then immediately gave him $21 million. But he's yeah. going to be really good there, especially for IDP. Yeah. He'll right. be maybe the defensive tackle number two in, in D-tackle required league. So It's uh, a good use of your cap. Y'all have the cap is. from to we do it. We have the money. Right. right. He's, Absolutely. Yeah. It's a fair trade. I mean, honestly, Buckner's probably worth a little more than that. You know, yeah. I mean, I think he did well. I think both both teams did well. Yeah, for sure. So let's keep it moving here, Joey. The next guy you have up, Zach Bond. Now, this is not a guy I'm as familiar with. So educate us on Mr. Bond. So Zach Bond actually in college was an edge player. Okay. But watching Zach Bond's tape, I think he's going to move to – an off-ball linebacker in the NFL. First off, he's only 235 pounds. Name one edge in the NFL who's... So Brian Burns, they thought, was small last year, and he came out at 246, I think, and they said he's going to have a problem because of his size. 
Zach Vaughn isn't going to play edge in the NFL at 235. So all his testing he did at the combine was at 235. So that shows that's the weight he wants to play at. With that said, when he played off the edge in Wisconsin, he was great in coverage. He he, he was in man. He played in zone. He's a good tackler. Um, and then you add in his ability to rush the passer. So then you can use him in blitzing situations. You can either play him strong side, weak side. Uh, he's got a great release. Uh, he's got good bend, high motor guy. Um, the only thing is, is it's going to be a new position for him. I think, but I do think in the NFL, being an off-ball linebacker is something that Vaughn is better for. And I, I compared him to Clay Matthews. Okay. Because Clay Matthews was a guy who, when he was in Green Bay, started off as an edge, moved to the middle, and then went back to edge. And he's he kind of he wasn't great at the inside, but he was productive. So probably not going to be someone that you know we really target in IDP. You know, just because no. he's gonna, he'll get that linebacker designation, but it'll be big play dependent, right? And he's he might take a year or two if he does go off ball weak side, then he it might take him a year or two to develop. Do you see him being more of a second or third round pick, Joey? As far as the actual NFL draft, I think he's going to go in the second round. Okay. Is there a particular team that you could see needing a guy like Bond? I was trying to think because I'm I'm still wondering if NFL GMs are going to try to draft him as an edge. I'm still not sure. It's just when I watch him, I, I see him more as an off-ball linebacker that just has great traits off the edge but not the size in the, for the NFL. If Bond is still there, and I'm sure he will be, but if the other three guys are gone, I can maybe see Kansas City taking him. Yeah, yeah. They need somebody who can drop back in coverage. Um, yeah. The player comp I had seen for him was Kyle Van Noy, which is decent. You know, yeah, Van Noy has been a he, – he's not really like somebody that you want to – I mean, he's okay week to week. You just don't really want to have him be your LB1 or LB2 as far as like a flex right. spot or something. He's a fine play there. Yeah, I was going to say, he's one of those guys that is probably better for the NFL than for fantasy purposes because I hear you say off-ball linebacker versus edge guy, and I'm thinking – of this kind of positional designation question that we have with Isaiah Simmons, are we going to be looking at the same kind of question with Bond when he gets to the NFL? No, when he gets, he's going to be an outside linebacker. So he'll get a linebacker designation no matter what. But it's just it, when you're most of the time, when you're drafting a linebacker, you want to go for the, the off ball. You want to go for a weak side or a middle, but you don't really go for the outside linebackers unless it's big play and you're getting a guy like, and Chandler Jones. Yeah, or TJ Watt this past or year J- was yeah. great from the outside linebacking yep. position. So, all right, uh, this fifth guy here, Joey, Troy Dye. Uh, where did Troy play uh, college ball? Oregon. Oregon, okay. He's a, he's another athletic linebacker with good range. Uh, he's good in man coverage. He can cover tight ends. He can he can cover tight ends in coverage, but strength wise, he's gonna get beat. He in contested catch situations, he's gonna get beat every time. He's not strong. Um, he's got good spatial awareness for zone. Uh, he's got a good motor, good flexibility sl- to slip blocks. Um, he fits in today's pass heavy schemes. He doesn't hit hard. Uh, he takes poor angles in pursuit, and he has a hard time shedding blocks because of that play strength. So Troy Dye, he's kind of like um, the top four guys linebackers for me are kind of up here, and Troy Dye kind of makes that 
that dip down. There's a couple guys below him that are right there with him, but he's kind of he's the start of that second third tier. And uh, I kind of I threw in Kaiser White as a cop for him. He's kind of a guy that moved from safety to linebacker, plays good in coverage, but still seems to need to learn the nuances of playing linebacker. Now, Bobby, I thought I saw you throw up hard hands. Uh, was that the symbol you were trying to make when you were talking about Troy Dye? It was the O. It was the, Oregon. Oh, for yeah. Oregon. Okay. I was like, that's a very bad heart, Bobby. You know, you could give it just a little more a little more bend there. Uh, know what a heart looks like, Josh. Mine's not bad. Yeah, yours is just a blob. So, uh, Bobby, have you done any, any, uh, any looking here into Mr. Troy Dye? I have a little bit, and uh, I agree with you, Joey, that, you know, kind of like with Young, the drop-off past the first, really even you could almost link. I mean, Bond is kind of in between. I think you've got Tier 1 guys. Then you got a Tier 2 guy probably in Bond, yeah. and then it's probably even a drop from there. Right. Is there any chance that Die plays more of like that safety role and could get a safety designation. You know, last year, 115 tackles, eight tackles for loss, two sacks. And I know it's in that crazy, like, you know, just pass-heavy offensive scheme, you know, in the the whatever Oregon's in, Pac-12 or whatever. Um, if he does it, it's going to have to be a team that plays a lot of zone. Yeah. Because he's not great man coverage. Like, he, he can – line up in the slot and if you're like if you want him to cover like short area short area routes he can do it but he can't mirror well like you watch him try to try to keep somebody keep up with somebody in their route if they put a double move on him he's gone so i think his coverage is too spotty to move him to a safety all the time maybe in sub packages sure but i don't think it's a it's a role he could thrive in every down it doesn't sound like a guy who idp wise you're going to want to really rely on. And no. even there for a while, like I had, I was a Kaiser white owner and I thought, man, I've struck gold. I know. Like this dude's a safety designation. He's playing freaking. I think he was maybe the mic for a little while. Yeah. And then all of a sudden sometime last year, it just disappeared. He got injured his rookie yeah. year, I think. And then to start math last year, it's just like, they said, no. Yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, but Troy Dye's a little smaller too. At six four, you know, two twenty. Right. You're talking about Bond. I forget what his height was, but at two thirty five, that's that's a smaller linebacker. So you're dropping right. another fifteen pounds. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think you're probably looking at a guy who's much more of a positional designation guy. Right. Not necessarily a you know middle off ball linebacker. Probably someone just in a situational yeah uh, type defense. So I guess if in that light, you know. Where do you see him going? Obviously, second round, I don't see him as a first-rounder. No, I actually don't even see him second round. I see him probably third or fourth because once you get past once you get past Bond, I mean, there's I don't even think he's going to be the next linebacker taken, to be honest with you. I think there's a couple other guys that are below him in the same tier that other teams are higher on. Uh, Willie Gay Jr., Logan Wilson, um, then there's going to be people, people are going to take flyer on the small school guys like Hakeem Davis Gaither. He's from yeah. Appalachian State, but he's another smaller guy, 219. Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah. Yeah. You got to wonder, Joey, uh, if some of these smaller guys, like Bobby said, maybe making the the switch over to some sort of like uh, safety position uh, just because that's that's pretty small. Right. For a linebacker at the NFL level. Right. Like you had it was a couple of years ago. You had Dion Buchanan and uh, Mark Barron did it. They were the first guys that did that safety to linebacker role and they thrived in it. They actually played great. But you, you thought it was going to be like a, a turning of the tide. You're going to have safeties moving up. But then it started to tail off, but you still had big safeties now playing linebacker. Like I think Telvin Smith was a safety in college. Okay. And he, and he was a, a, like 235-pound linebacker, middle linebacker, weak side linebacker. So like I think that like 230, 235-pound range is, is maybe even 225 at the least. It's where you're going to be for a linebacker. I think if you get smaller than that, you're 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 going back towards the safety. Yeah, I think uh, I think the second round could just be all wide receivers. People yeah. just say, you know, all the good offensive linemen are gone. Queen and Murray are off the board. We're just going to run through and take all the wide receivers. It's, it's going to be receivers, and I think it's going to be the top three running backs. Top three or four running backs are going to go. Joey, are are you um, outside of those top three linebackers? Uh, are you going to probably waste any rookie picks on any of the other ones? Maybe like fifth or sixth round just to fill out a roster, honestly. Maybe somebody lands in a good good landing spot with the opportunity or lands somewhere like the Chargers where who knows what's going on with their linebackers. Like maybe one of them can go in and just win the job like Tranquil did last year, and he's still not guaranteed the start, starting spot this year. Yeah, I know. That's a mess. Can you imagine Isaiah Simmons landing with the Chargers? You have the <laughs> the linebacking core that is a complete question mark. You already have Derwin James there. Uh, just talk about confusion galore with Simmons. That would be a total mess. That's a huge possibility, though. Just it think is. of that versatility, though, Simmons and Derwin James. Gosh. Oh, yeah. yeah. You talk about positionless players. That would be this maybe the start of a new era there in terms of just like screw the designations. We're just going to get yeah. the best athletes and let them go. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. A, it's a smart NFL move for sure, but it would drive us nuts oh, in the IDP God. world. Out of respect to Derwin, if that happens, I'd probably have to take Simmons with the 101. I mean, that would be the only right thing to really do. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> there you go. Well, uh, let's keep it moving here, Joey, and move now to defensive backs. Uh, there are some very interesting safety prospects in this class, and we're going to start with a guy here in Xavier McKinney. Is this the guy out of Alabama? Am I yep. okay remembering yep. that correctly? So yep. fill us in, educate us on Xavier McKinney, Joey. So Xavier McKinney is a guy who – Scheme does not matter. He can play cover two. He can play single high. He can play in the box. He does everything well. Uh, he's not so much a playmaker, but he's there for every play. So he doesn't make the huge splash plays all the time, although he is a great blitzer. But he's he's there for every single play. Uh, he attacks the ball in the air. He's got real good short area burst and drive on the football. Uh, he's a powerful tackler. And he has great football IQ. So you watch him in coverage. You watch him in zone. He knows what's going on. He's in the right place every time. He knows when to break off one route, go to the next. Um, the only thing I th- – there's only a couple couple cons for him. Uh, one is just when he does – a lot of times he goes for his, his missile and his tackle. He needs to square up more. He's, he's, he gets shut off a little too often just because he's trying to make that big hit. I think he needs to square up a little more. 
And, uh, and the other thing is being, getting beat in space. So one-on-one in space, he's, he's seen, I've seen a couple times where he misses tackles, but in general, like in coverage, he's good coming downhill and run support. He's great. He's good attacking the ball in the air. So he's, he's a very, very good all around safety. Yeah. And I think one of you guys had a great comp for him. I think it was you, Adam, Malcolm Jenkins. I think that's, that's a perfect comp for him. Well, if he's like Malcolm Jenkins, he's going to be in line for a three-year, $42 million contract from the old Saints. So congrats to Xavier McKinney. Only once he turns 32, Josh. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I should specify that this is uh, post-30 only in terms of contracts. So, uh, Joey, it was funny. I was just thinking, you know, we sit here and we we break down these guys. We talk about these guys. I just picture sometimes, and it's kind of funny to think about, if they were in the same room as us, and they were, and we were having this same discussion. Um, I have to think they may not be too thrilled about you know us saying like, yeah, he needs to square up and stop going for the big hit. Um, and, you know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as he squares up and takes your head off your shoulders, so uh, it's just fun to think about. Thank God we're kind of in this little protective bubble of uh, you know uh, fantasy Twitter. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I hope, too small to play football. <laughs> I hope there's not some like people out there analyzing us someday. You know, yeah, anal- analyzing oh, sure analysts. People, some people listen just to just to say shit, just to tear you down. I'm just just to tear you down. Uh, the scouting report on Adam's uh, loan application work as he's like processing his tenth loan of the day, and it's like Adam's form is really slipping here. Um, you know, he's he's got to square up to these reports, and could be uh, a carpal tunnel issue. Yeah, yeah he's got to right. come with more power in his hands. His typing is starting to fade. Uh, sorry, Xavier McKinney, did not mean to shortchange you. Um, this is there. We talk comps. We talk landing spots. Talk to me about a team that is in need of safety that could use Mr. McKinney's services. Give me the Dallas Cowboys. There we go. Now that's a nice fit. I could absolutely see that. Uh, Talk about blue blood program with the Cowboys, Alabama safety need makes a lot of sense. I love it. Yes, sir. You got that. uh, What's better than a cowboy and a Bama boy? What? Thank you, Adam. <laughs> I just love Adam on this episode because we're so far out of our depth with this. So we're just trying to bring jo- a little. Joey bit of said, "What? Like there was a punchline." I know. Coming. I was waiting for a punchline. Come on. No, no, not always going to be a punchline, Joey. It's something you you'll learn. You'll learn. Sometimes it's just yelling. That is the punchline a lot of times for Adam. So you get used to it after a while. Uh, shit. So- some recent mocks I've seen have kind of faded McKinney out of the first round. Do you think that could happen? It really depends how the board goes. I think sure. Dallas is such a freaking wild card when they draft. Like I said, they're probably going to disregard the safety position again, but they need it. But they could also go quarterback. They did lose Byron Jones. I've heard everything for Dallas, though. I've heard McKinney. I've also heard, you know, uh, Chase on. I've heard Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're you're kind of talking about, all right, safety, the end, uh, wide receiver. Like, why don't y'all just take uh, Jalen Hurts while you're at it? Just I could, throw some. I could also see him yeah. going to uh, Miami. We were one of their two later picks. Yeah. I don't think they have any safeties on their team. Rashad Jones is gone. They traded Minka Fitzpatrick. My favorite uh, safety there, TJ McDonald, is a free agent. I yeah. think still. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious, Joey. Do you do you think that NFL teams and GMs really value safety as a first round type of 
like uh, a pick though. Like I feel like other positions tend to get a little bit more value assigned to them, like offensive linemen, quarterback, cornerbacks, you know, wide receivers. It feels like safety kind of gets snubbed a little bit in terms of importance. hundred percent. Yeah, you're right. Uh, the only ones you see go first round of those guys who you look at are really, really elite prospects. Like last year, Minka Fitzpatrick, they, everybody looked at Minka, or was it last year or the year before? Minka Fitzpatrick, they, lo- they looked at him and they were like, he can do anything. He was versatile. He was a cornerback. He was a safety. He could do anything. Um, but then you had guys like Terrell Edmonds. The Steelers went and drafted him in the first round. It's like, and I, I had McKinney graded much higher than Edmonds coming out of college. So it's like, it really depends on the team, but you are right. They, they are like the edge is valued much higher wide receiver, quarterback, tackle, um, cornerback. Like those yeah. are, those are valued much higher than safety. You uh, you comparing him to Edmonds? That's got me thinking. So like, where where does McKinney rank? Like among say like last year's class, like Jonathan Abrams, Taylor Rapp. Where would you put him in that group? I might put him at the top, to be honest. I wow. mean, that's he's, nice. He's he's pretty similar to Abram. I think Abram plays more free safety than uh, McKinney would. But I mean, Abram this year's he's going to play strong safety because they just signed Demarius Randall, so. We're going to see what we have out of Abram this year. Hopefully he stays healthy. But McKinney, yeah, McKinney would be top two. Yeah, I'm hoping for uh, Bobby and I just had a John Johnson for Jonathan Abram swap straight up Ooh. with me. I went straight up. You cruel man. You made me give you picks. That's right. I did get some picks. A back. lot of the view listeners. So I got some picks back as well. Um, so I'm hoping for big things from Abram. I really liked him. Um, you know, it's kind of the bias that you get coming off of a hard knocks performance. You tend to value those guys a little more going into fantasy just because you're more familiar with them when you see them on shows like that. So I've got high hopes for Abram, but hearing that McKinney, you know, could even be, uh, you know, graded higher than those guys that came out in last year's class, that's pretty appealing. I feel like McKinney, if he lands in the right situation, could be a second-round pick for your rookie draft. Is that where yep. you'd be looking for him? Yeah, definitely. Probably end of the second round. Yeah. Josh, there's some good offensive Josh, talent, too. Yeah. Josh there's, is really there's, deciding. There's so many receivers in this draft that you can draft. We did a mock draft on uh, the DFD pod recently, and we just did three rounds rookie draft, 12-team. And by the end of that third round, we're still drafting guys. It's not that you're just like throwing a dart. It's guys you still like. That's a great point, Joey. I've done a couple, and we did one last week that was a five-round, 12-team mock. And it was just like, don't care about what you know NFL or fantasy team these guys are going to. Just kind of what their drafts, you know, uh, average draft value was at right mm-hmm. then. And even into the fifth, you were like, oh my gosh, man, there's still going to be tons of guys like coming into the auction yeah. that you're going to be able to grab. Like, so, I'm still cool with grabbing this guy in the fifth round. Like, I'm excited about it. For sure, man. Yeah, the depth at wide receiver and running back and, you know, it's going to be pretty crazy this yeah. year. Yeah, Josh is trying to decide who he's picking with his lone uh, two oh six. Yeah, I'm just getting a feel here. That's why I keep asking you, Joey. Like, where are you, where are you thinking about these guys? <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know how much offensive talent is going to be left there, but there could be some nice IDP prospects. These yeah. guys two oh six. Yeah, two oh six. Josh, there's going to be plenty of offensive yeah. talent there. I hope so. The I draft, mean, the draft outside of the three round twelve team. It was just offense only, and I'm still drafting guys in the third round that I still like. All right, oh, yeah. that gives me so, hope then. So probably, I mean, McKinney's likely going to be, if you want him in the third, you're probably going to be able to get him, right? 
what do you think? Yeah, because of the offensive talent. I mean, think about in the 2018 draft, Bobby, whenever you're able to get Derwin James and Minka, both of them were available there in the third round. Probably they were back-to-back, like, two, like 307, 308, I think. Yeah, probably similar situation just because it's such a loaded class at mm-hmm. pretty much every position outside of, you yeah. know, D-end and tight end. Yeah, and um, I, th- I think Joey will get into it, but there's a pretty big drop-off after McKinney in there. Yeah, like so I'll go to the next guy, and uh, this is somebody. Uh, he's another one that's getting a lot of first round grades, but I don't really see it. It's, uh, Grant Delpit from LSU. I feel like so he he's versatile. Like he can play, he can play the slot, he can play nickel. Um, he plays. I, I don't see him as a strong safety though. I see him as more of a single high safety. He can do some cover too. He can do like side by side safety, but I see him more as a single high. I mean. As a single high safety, he's great. He's a he's a ball hawk. He's got great size, great athleticism, great closeout. Uh, he's got good twitch. He can mirror. He can he can cover. The man can cover. Um, he sucks at tackling. Really? He sucks at tackling. And Why don't you I, say that to his face, Joey? I, I, <laughs> if he's watching this, learn how to tackle, man. You're good. Just we'll tag him. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll tag. Him. We'll see if we can get his dad to follow our <laughs> yeah. account and then We're unfollow it. Snitch tag. I'm, I'm snitch trying snitch to remember who it was. I was I was doing a a uh, running back profile. I really I wish I could remember who it was, but I can't remember. It was somebody who broke outside and Delpit squared up for him, and this guy just ran right through him, right through him, like put him on his back. And I was like, oof, that's not a good that's not a good look for Delpit. Like he's like a first rounder in most people's eyes, and he just got run right over. I feel like tackling is a pretty important skill for a safety to have, since you're often that last line of defense for the defense. You've got to be able to wrap up on guys, right? Uh, Joey, it was T. Higgins in oh, the national championship game. Yeah, it was a end around or something to Higgins, and Higgins just runs right over Del Pitt. I did Dude, see you that. Need to, yeah. I remember it's that amazing. Play. Yeah, that was a, that I, was a, a highlight that was making the rounds on Twitter not too long ago. Oh, I uh, I tweeted it while you're talking. I'm gonna go back and look, but yeah, yeah, that was that was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. So so Grant Delpit, is there a comp? Because I'm curious now with the tackling piece not being there, is there another safety that you would comp him to that maybe isn't the best at tackling? Uh, I went with Marcus May for okay. the Jets. I, li- I like Marcus May as a, a single high safety, but he's not going to get you the tackle numbers mainly because of scheme, but. I think he. I honestly think he's better in coverage than Marcus May because he can drop into the nickel. But he's like a really, really, really poor man's Minka Fitzpatrick. So is that a guy that we really should be looking at in uh, in rookie drafts here? I mean, he's not a guy. I there's a couple others outside of McKinney that I'm still going to take over Delbert. There's mm-hmm. there's still a couple. We'll right. get I agree. We'll get let's, to them. Yeah, I was gonna say, uh, let's let's uh, move from Delpit now to maybe one of these guys that is a more appealing option for IDP purposes. Joey, it's one of my one of my favorite guys in the draft, possibly because of his name and his father, but Antoine Winfield Jr. I'm a I'm a fan of this guy. I, his comp is his father. Oh, I'm gonna that's give it to nice. him. If you, if you actually look at their play style, both incredibly smart players. They diagnose plays well tackle with ferocity Antoine Winfield was one of the best tackling cornerbacks I've ever seen play and you can ask tell that talk to Johnny the Greek about this he's like balls deep on Antoine Winfield the original <laughs> on senior but oh gee he was but, a baller yeah 
Was but he Antoine a Viking? Winfield. Was he a Viking? He was Andy? a Viking, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I remember him. But Antoine Winfield Jr., he's got elite instincts. Uh, he's got a great motor. He's a hard hitter. Uh, he's got great ball skills. He's a big play guy. He can play any coverage scheme. Uh, biggest concerns with him, though, he's not long. I think he's only like 5'11". Yeah. And uh, he comes with some injury concerns. He had some, some I think, two lost seasons in, in college football. Wow. That's that's notable to have two lost that's seasons. That's scary. But if you look at his senior season, look at his numbers his senior season, it's like, holy shit. Yeah. Do you have 85 tackles, seven interceptions, three sacks, two forced fumbles? Wow. Yeah. That's a yeah. stunning but He's a playmaker. Do you have this, uh, injury concerns what, with him, though, Joey? I don't. Okay. I mean, so he had some injury. I think I'm trying to remember what they were. I want to say one was an ankle and uh, I don't think they were any ligament injuries or soft tissue injuries. I think it was a broken, either a broken leg or a broken ankle and everything seemed to heal well. And he came in his senior year and he proved what he could do. Like, so, I mean, I'm okay with it. I'll, I'll take him third round all day. Nice. What were you going to say, Bobby? Yeah. I've seen him as short as five nine. Oh, really? Dang, that's yeah. short. Yeah. And then the uh, player comp I had seen was Carl Joseph as well. Um, if you, if yeah. you tell me he's five nine, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bob Sanders. Okay. <laughs> now I'll make Josh happy. Yeah, so, oof, make my heart pitter patter. <laughs> Bo- Buddha's always, not the biggest guy either. Yeah, I was gonna say, how yeah. big is Buddha? Is he like five he's ten or so? Probably yeah, probably around there. I would think. Yeah, I have a very Josh. Actually, uh, if yeah. if Bob Sanders gets you going, I actually am friends with a guy who ruined with him in college because really? he was a running back for Iowa. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. What is? Does he have good uh, good stories or good memories of uh, rooming with Bob? No. Okay. Not at yeah. all. He's That's... like he's like literally me and Bob room together and we talked, but that was it. It was pretty much we slept in the same room and that was it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um I have a very funny memory. Um and I know Connor who's uh, my brother, who's a huge Colts fan, bigger than I am, honestly, and was a huge, huge, huge Bob Sanders fan. And we have this very funny memory. You know, Bob was a guy who was injury prone. And uh, there was a time when he had a very se- a serious shoulder or neck or back injury. And he his teammate came over to pick him up. And the way he picked him up, he picked him up from his back and arched. Like, it was the worst way to pick up someone who just suffered a really bad back injury. And he was out for the rest of the season after that injury. <laughs> Now, I don't know if it was because of the way that he was picked up, but it's just this hilarious memory we have. It's kind of like a uh, semi-pro where they're carrying Jackie Moon off the court and his head's like dangling and flopping around. That was the way they picked Bob Sanders up. I'm like, don't pick him. Let the doctors come over and get this guy off the field instead of they're trying w- to pick him up. They're walking up the field and Bob's like, you are an asshole, dude. Yeah, oh. seriously. Yeah. Like I just hurt my neck and you're picking me up basically by my neck. So thanks a lot for that, bud. So, uh, all right. So that's Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, we got a couple more here to hit, Joey. So who's the next one you want to talk about? Uh, Kyle Duggar. He's a small school guy. Uh, he's kind of like your complete package safety. He's a he's kind of a bigger guy. He's incredibly athletic. Uh, he's another playmaker. But it is small school production, but he's shown great ability, uh, great nose for the ball. Uh, he plays both safety spots. He's very physical, attacking downhill. He's got great range, uh, really good in run support as well. Um, he needs to diagnose a little better, though. I think uh, he plays more off his athleticism. Uh, he has a tough time diagnosing plays sometimes. Uh, you always worry based off of his lower level competition. 
what's the school he went to? Lenore Ryan or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, he also looked disinterested playing against the lower level competition. I think he kind of held himself to a higher standard and was like, hey, why do I have to do this? Man? What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> Somebody give feeling? me a freaking scholarship. I love those type of guys. It's it like funny. how you how you feel right now, Joey. Yeah, exactly. Adam's like, what's better than a cowboy and an Alabama guy? I was uh, waiting for a punchline, man. Yeah. You got to come up with a punchline for <laughs> yeah. that. You got like a it's few coming. minutes here. It's coming. It's going to be good, um, too. Yeah, it's going to be real good. So how do guys like this end up on the radar, Joey? I'm curious because I had never heard of this school before you brought it up. Honestly, I hadn't either. I somebody had said something about him on Twitter, and I was like, "Well, let's check this guy out." And you watch his tape, and you're like, Shit, "He's there for every single play." I mean, it's because he's playing that lower level competition, but yeah. his athletic traits are all over the place, and you can see his ball skills too. So you're like, "You take a guy like that; he's got the size, the athleticism, and ball skills. So he just needs to work on technique. It comes down to again coaching. You put him in a good coaching system, and he can be a guy that thrives." Okay, so is this draft this year going to help or hurt dudes like this? Um, I think it will help because the safety position, it's – you have – a lot of people are looking at Delpit, McKinney, and Winfield are like your three top guys. And then after that, it's – you have like a, another tier. And then after that, it's like three tiers away. Yeah, so, and even in that, like, and even in your linebacker, I'm probably I have guys differently than you know, even I don't know, probably you guys have them ranked, but yeah, you know, Duggar's six foot two seventeen. Yeah, um, it kind of is similar to a Gross Matos in that you know, not necessarily smaller school. I mean, Penn State is kind of you know not like an Alabama, but. It might be a guy who needs to develop for a couple years, but if he has the athleticism and the you know ball skills like you're talking about, um, you know I'm okay with those small school guys. Yeah. The comp I'm seeing for him, which Josh will love this, but Landon Collins, mm. which is probably a bit of a stretch. But I was going um, Jarrell Peppers. Yeah, that's a nice wow. comp as well. That's cool. So. A question, Joey. When you're comping guys, do you comp them based on who they remind you of? Are you looking at more like a ceiling type of comp, or do you try to keep it more around like how you could see them actually producing in their career? I go. I'm I'm going mostly a play style. Okay. Who's who they remind me of? Because then you can, at that point, you can base what you think their production is going to be off that play, how that player plays, and then you can think of how that player plays in the scheme they land. Like Jabril Peppers playing. In the scheme he was in in Cleveland, he didn't produce all because they had him playing single high. He's not a single high guy. He's more of a cover two, a guy who can come in and play linebacker if you need. Very nice. So, all right. We got uh, – looks like a couple more here, Joey. So uh, of these two remaining guys, let's pick one of the two that you would like to talk about the most, uh, and we'll leave the other one a mystery, who got left off the, the guest list. So who's the last guy we're going to talk about? All right. I'm going to go with Ashton Davis because I, I, I kind of like him. I like Ashton Davis. He is a walk-on. I'd have gone the other way. Okay. You, you like you like Chin? I'm a Chin guy. See, I like Chin too, but I, I, I have them very graded similar. And I just – I like uh-huh. Ashton Davis' story a little better. He was a walk-on. He, was a tra- he had a, a scholarship in track at Cal and decided to play football. What and a world. So, yeah. I mean, he, he obviously has great range. Uh, his his speed is great. He's a ball hawk. He's a he's kind of a single high guy, but he does come down and run support. He needs to work on his tackling though when he does it. Um, 
for a guy who was a walk-on, he does a great job of diagnosing and reading the QB's eyes. And he's got a very fluid body, um, good short area quickness and change of direction when trying to cover. Um, he's very tough and physical. For a, you don't really see that in free safeties much, but he's, he's very physical. Um, he's just uh, – the cons were working on his tackling and his technique. It's pretty much it. Uh, just he doesn't wrap up well. He goes for a lot of arm tackles which kind of sucks if he's the last line of defense. You don't want somebody just trying to wrap up with one arm. And he launches with his shoulder too much. That, that I've seen a lot of, out of a lot of guys this year. Trying to – like, where did the wrap-up go? Why are you launching your shoulder at somebody? Especially somebody like – if it's a running back who's built 5'8", 222, you launch a shoulder in them, you're going to bounce. Yeah. Like, wrap them up. Come on, man. Did you never learn physics? And I have to applaud Ashton, you know, being the first woman named Ashton to play in the NFL. That's very <laughs> exciting uh, to be breaking down some gender barriers here. Congratulations, Ashton. We, we, Go, girl. We love that fluid body, too. <laughs> That's right. Just too much launching with her shoulder. Uh, on, so. uh, on a more serious note, you know, I what I like about Ashton Davis is I like that he has a full arm uh, arm sleeve tattoo. <laughs> okay. You'll notice he prefaced this, Joey, with on a more serious note <laughs> and then took it in the opposite direction of that. Uh, so, yeah, I agree. That's very drippy. Does he does he have um, a good Joey's got tats, too. I didn't I even know say. that, Joe. Yeah. Gotta, so, Joey, this is another reason you like Ashton right, Davis. You're cl- Climbing the ranks, Joey. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so does Ashton Davis have a good head of hair? Addy, you've been on that kick this offseason as well. Just grow I, your hair I, I mean, based on just a, a quick uh, Google image search, yeah, he's he's got some drip for sure. He's very drippy. <laughs> I like that with him. Adam is our resident drip analyst. Bobby and I are not allowed to discuss who has drip and who not, uh, who doesn't. I think Bobby thought that Philip Lindsay had drip last episode, and um, we were quickly put in our place about that, that. Lindsay is not drippy. Um, no drip whatsoever. Not at all. So where you you said you liked Ashton Davis's story. Sounds like you like this guy. Where would be an ideal landing spot for Davis? Um, somebody looking for a free safety. Uh, maybe Cleveland actually. Okay, yeah, they need some safety help still. Yeah. I feel like they signed Carl Joseph to play strong safety, but they just lost Demarius Randall to uh, Las Vegas. Still weird to say that. I, st- I still call them Oakland almost yeah, every no. time I think about the Raiders. So the Raiders, the Raiders. Um, so Joey, this was amazing. Uh, virtual round of applause for you for coming in here and educating us. Uh, at least two dumb dumbs. Bobby has been doing his research, but me and Addy, you know, we're just uh, kind of riding the coattails of guys like you. So seriously appreciate you coming on here, man, and uh, giving us the lowdown on these guys. Um, I know that I- I'm sure. Did you cover any of these guys for the IDP draft mag that uh, IDP guys has coming out? Uh, Ashton Davis. Ashton Davis. So there you go. That's why I'm sure you uh, were, you were high on more. Ashton. Uh, let's see, I did Davis. I did Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, let's see. I did Zach Bond, Kenneth Murray. Yeah, I did all those guys. Yeah, you yeah that, that draft magazine, profiles. man. That's some of my best work is in that draft magazine that I've done yet. 
That's right. Yeah, I got to edit quite a few of Joey's profiles, and uh, he's a guy that needs to watch the split infinitive. Uh, he tends to fade at the end of profiles. Uh, the analysis gets a little lazy, gets a little muddled on the thesis for the piece. So, Joey, I'm going to need you. You're projecting like a second round in the uh, oh. IDP uh, analyst draft. So you need, to, you need to work on wrapping up a little bit. Josh, what's a split infinitive? Uh, it involves a comma, Bobby. I'm not going to get into the specific rules, but gotcha. uh, you got to stay away from those split infinitives. It's a it's a All mark right. of you know of amateur writing for sure. Okay, cool, cool, okay. cool. So anyway, am, hey Joey, I, I am an amateur writer. So <laughs> don't worry, no, don't worry about Josh. Don't worry about Josh. He's the old school man. I, I, I see a lot of potential. I'm probably going to trade up for Joey, honestly. <laughs> oh no, I've been asking Josh. I said, hey, anything you see, just tell me what to do. Tell me what I need no, to do. Your stuff That's was good, man. I always enjoyed reading yours. Uh, all the writers that we had for the mag were good. I'm really looking forward to it. We finished editing them all today before the actual NFL draft. So it's going to be a really good product. But no, Joey's stuff was always fun to read. I always learned a lot. Mm-hmm. What were you going to say, Bobby? Uh, I don't remember, Josh. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry to have cut you off and <laughs> completely killed your mojo. So man, all right. Yeah, so... Uh, Joey, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, we talked about it already. The draft is something that everyone is really looking forward to. So uh, what is one thing? If you had to make a stone-cold lock, I've already mentioned mine. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are taking an offensive lineman with their first-round pick, wherever they end up picking. What is your stone-cold lock for the first round of the NFL draft on Thursday? Can I make two? Yes, please. All right. I'm going to have Atlanta trading up either for an edge or a D tackle, shore up that line. And then I'm going to have Jacksonville's trading Yannick Ngakwe for a first rounder. Ooh, nice. Yeah. I, I actually, love- in the last mock draft I did, I actually had him traded to Seattle for the 27th overall. Ooh, that Joey's would be nice. Joey's a freaking genius. In my mock last week or two weeks ago, didn't I have Yannick going to the Eagles? I think. Yeah, really? yeah. Bobby had yeah. him traded in his mock draft as well. Yeah, I would. So. I wouldn't be upset to see the Vikings maybe trade one of those extra second or extra first for Yannick as well or unique. Sorry. Yeah, unique in Gakwe. Oh, yeah, we've been calling him Yannick, uh, so we're, we'll probably just stick with that since that's what we've called him up till now. I love well, that you, though. You got you got a good up and comer on the on the DN side. Was it Afeti? Whatever Afieti, I can yeah I yeah pronounce his name. But he had, yeah, he had seven sacks last year in real limited time. Yeah, he's good. Give him a shot. Oh, yeah, Nick Bones still one unique no. though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see. Well, we don't have the ammunition anymore, but uh, that was a guy that uh, I would have loved to have seen stay in the division and come to the Colts. There, I'd be curious, though, because it, it feels like it would need to be a team that has a need at that kind of defensive end position uh, that would value that player more than the pick that they have. So, yeah, I could see maybe like later in the first. But then again, we just talked about it. Uh, would you put Ngakwe ahead of any of these guys not named Chase Young? Yes. Yeah, I think I would as well. So maybe if you have a need for that kind of edge uh, edge position and Chase Young goes obviously top five, yeah, I think Jacksonville is going to be getting some calls. Shit, send him to Dallas for 17. Yeah, that would be nice as well. We know Jerry Jones makes likes making a splash. 
Uh, Joey, we will get you out of here, man. I appreciate you making time for us. Uh, like I said, educating us on these IDP guys that we need to be paying attention to. So before we let you go, where can people check out your work? Give us your social media handles, all that good stuff. So you can find all my work on idpguys.org, uh, dynastyfootballdigest.com. Uh, you can see us on our, the Dynasty Football Digest podcast, anything dynasty-wise. We have two magazines coming out. We have an IDB, IDP rookie mag and a Dynasty rookie mag coming out. I think about 60 prospects in each. Uh, let's see. That's pretty much it. Actually, um, one of our guys from IDP guys, Sean, at Lanny1925, he's got a 250-player big board that will be coming out tomorrow. And uh, some of the some of the player profile articles that I've done have been linked into his big board. So. Very nice. And it looks like on Twitter, you're at Joey the Tooth IDP. That's right. All right. Well, go Dolphin give him a teeth. follow, folks. And uh, looks like uh, we have some stuff to look forward to this week. Um, the NFL uh, machine keeps churning. That draft will be happening. Uh, gaffes and slip ups and technical glitches and all uh, come this weekend. Bobby, did you have something you wanted to say? Joey, what's your go to fast food? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go to fast food. It's been a while. Yeah, Joey's like, I keep the body right. I keep the body tight. I'm not eating that fast food. I'm going to say Wendy's, bro. Oh, nice choice. So I will say, Markham, I'm sure you've been a, a, uh, a partaker. I went and got the Wendy's cookies tonight. Um, very, very good. They didn't have the chocolate chip. They had the double chocolate chunk, but it was excellent. I didn't know they were in the cookie game. They are in the cookie game. Of all the the fast food places, Wendy's sits in my stomach the least like a rock. (laughs) That's Mm. true. Yeah, it's the least least likely to give you diarrhea because I feel like uh, Taco Bell is probably leading that that charge. Oh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. Bobby, you want to do that? Do what you just did again? Like a rock. Oh, like a rock. <laughs> All right, we're going to get off here so that uh, Joey and Bobby can keep talking about cars uh, while Adam and I sit in the corner, just like we have on this podcast. So, uh, again, Joey, appreciate you, man. We'll have you back on as we get closer to the season. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah, we man, appreciate definitely. you coming on. And uh, everyone, enjoy the NFL draft. We will be back later this week uh, to recap some of the landing spots for these guys, uh, maybe throw in some off offensive guys as well. We'll see you guys later this week. Enjoy the NFL draft. Thanks for listening. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Big3IDP.